You know, say, well, all I have is tears. All I have is tears. They don't understand those tears. What they understand, it is what? The agency of what? Money. Everybody say money. But in heaven, the only thing that is understood in heaven is blood. Somebody say, tell somebody blood. Now, when, we, when the Bible tells you to have faith in God, what does that mean? What does that mean? Does it mean that you should have faith in the word? Somebody just tells you, have faith in the word. What does that mean? Having faith in the word is very vague. You know why I said so? Because what is faith in the word? Do you mean I should believe everything from Genesis to Revelation? Genesis to Revelation is so general. Hello, hello everybody. Pay attention, pay attention. Don't miss me here now. Don't miss me here now. When you say have faith in the word, do you mean believe the book of Revelation to, to, to um, Genesis to Revelation? Is that what it means? Listen, if your faith is not focused, it would not have powerful results. Can I get an amen to that? It's like the sun. The sun is shining, but the sun cannot burn anything. But if you take a magnifying glass, a very large one, and you focus that sun rays on a plant, it will burn. Why? Because the rays are being focused. So when your faith is not focused, it will not be powerful. Until your faith becomes focused, then it becomes very powerful. What is it about God that we should have faith in? Is it having, is it, is it um, um, does somebody say have faith in the word? What about the word are you supposed to have faith in? Are we to have faith in the Ten Commandments? Or are we to have faith in all the 630 laws of God? After all, they are all the word of God that proceeds from his mouth. But that's not what the Bible tells us to have faith in. Somebody say, okay, having faith, when we say have faith in God, we mean have faith in Jesus. Okay, question, that is still too vague. Because what about Jesus are you supposed to have faith in? Some people hear the name of Jesus and they are frightened just hearing that name. Some people, and you know, they are brought up with their, where their parents tell them, you know, Jesus doesn't like the things you're doing. Jesus doesn't like it. Jesus will stop loving you. If you do that, Jesus will hate you. If you sin, Jesus will tell you this and tell, that and tell you that. So all of this has occupied their minds. And listen, the Lord didn't come to you. The Lord didn't come. The Lord didn't marry you because he wants to change you. No, 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 no. He married you because he loves you. Say, God loves me. Say, Jesus loves me. And that is love is powerful enough to change anything or everything about your life. So what about Jesus are we supposed to have faith in? Somebody say, well, it means to have faith in his teachings. No, as perfect as his teachings are, as perfect as as the teachings of Jesus are, they cannot save you. Did you hear what I said? Listen, I told you earlier, I said, if Jesus had not died, he would still be in Jerusalem, or maybe even in Nigeria, or maybe in the US, preaching the gospel, healing the lepers, raising the dead. Listen, he will even hold healing crusades. And he will still be alive because, why? He is sinless. He will not grow old. He will be as young, you know, I watched one, I watched one movie just um, this morning, yesterday, this morning, titled um, um, The Gods and Kings. So it was about Exodus. And I saw the movie actually was very nice. So they, they, they showed Moses talking to God. And you know how God appeared to Moses? Let me show you how. Young boy, that red, come. Come, you the red. Let me show you how God appeared to Moses. Yeah, as young as this. Is that God was talking to Moses? As young as this. Moses was so tall, an old man, and, and God in that, in that movie just remained like this young guy. Talking to Moses, he was the same God that parted the Red Sea, sent all the plagues, did everything. 
and in the image of God was looking so tiny. You know, you know some of you, you are thinking that, thank you so much, my dear. You know, you are thinking that God is so big, you know, when you see him, you, 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 you'll be shocked. You'll be shocked. When you get to heaven, God will be so young, younger than you. You'll wonder, ah, and they call him ancient of this. He will, you, you will see him wide, wide food, but he's very, very young. God never grows old, even though he's called the ancient of days. Can you say amen to somebody? My God never grows old. So he will not grow old and he will not be subject to death. The reason why people grow old is because of death. That's why. If there is no death, nothing will grow old. Nothing will grow old. But because of death at work in the earth and which was produced by sin, that's why things grow old and die. I mean, leave any metal, whatever it is, to decay because of sin. Hallelujah. So the possibility is that if he never gave his life, we will still be, he will still be alive, healing the sick, but we will die and go to hell. So when the Bible says we should have faith in God, what exactly are we supposed to have faith in? Turn your Bible with me to Romans chapter 3, verse 25. Romans 3, 25. It says, whom God has set forth to be the propitiation through faith in his blood. Faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the removal, for the remission of sin that are passed through the forbearance of God. So everybody said, the just shall live by faith. Now when we say the just shall live by faith, we're meaning faith in his blood. Everybody say faith in his blood. It is what brings the power of God and bends every situation. It is faith in the blood of Jesus. Now let your right hand and say this together with me. Everybody. Say that by the blood of Jesus, I am made righteous. Say not by my works, but by the blood of Jesus, all my sins are put away. Say by the blood of Jesus, I am righteous forever. Listen, there is a powerful anointing released when you say this with conviction in your spirit. We are made righteous through the faith in his blood. We are made righteous through faith in his blood. Not through our performance. Not through our holiness. Listen, all your holiness put together before God, as they, they still stink. They're still not good enough. So somebody say, you know, well, me, I'm a good Christian. And you, say, and you look at that other guy singing and you, and you think you are better than him. That's pride at work. On the cross, we are all on the same ground. Everybody's on the same level field. Everybody needs the grace of God 100%. Why? Because Jesus Christ did not come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people live. And the scripture lets us know that we were all dead in our trespasses and in our sins. But now we are made alive to God. See, I'm alive to God. When you receive Christ into your life, you become alive to God. Can you say amen? We don't have time, so I'm going to rush quickly. How many remember this, the, the, the story of King and Abel? I'm going to use that story to picture to you the power of the blood of Jesus. Remember, just now, number one, what are the indicatives of blood? Number one, everybody say blood speaks. Remember, when Cain killed Abel, what happened? The Bible says that God came to Cain and said, what did you just do? And, you know, in fact, God asked him, God says, where's your brother? He said, ah, why are you asking? Am I a brother's keeper? And then God said to him, hey, he said, no, no, no. Say that the, the blood of Abel just spoke to me. The blood of Abel just spoke to me. Imagine, blood was talking. The guy was dead, but his blood was talking to God. And God had to appear to Cain and say, what did you do to your brother? He said, well, my brother is gone. So number one, right, blood speaks. Number two, whatever the blood speaks, God responds immediately. 
So what was Abel's blood crying? Vengeance! 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 Till with came. The moment his blood spoke, immediately God appeared. And the Bible says, and it was judgment. So God came to Cain and said, today you are going. But brothers and sisters, when Jesus shed his blood, his blood also spoke. Can you say amen? And immediately his blood spoke, God responded to his blood. His blood was crying, forgiveness, redemption, righteousness, blessings. Hallelujah. That what his blood was crying. God gave the blessing above all blessings. He gave the gift above all gifts. Is that is his son, Jesus. Can you say amen? Oh, man. Listen, if you are sick in your life, challenge in any way in your life, meditate on Romans chapter 8, verse 32. He says, God will not withhold anything from us, but he gave us his own son. He says, how will he not also freely give us all things? If God will not spare his own son, but willingly give up his son, he says, how will he not freely give you all things? There's nothing more important to God than him giving his son for you. If God gave you his best, what is the less he cannot give to you? Hallelujah, somebody. Now, the third one. The curse on Cain is irreversible. Everybody say irreversible. I said number one, the blood speaks. Number two, whatever the blood speaks, what happens next? God responds what? Immediately. Then, whatever God says about that, that proclamation, it is what? Irreversible. Malachi. Now, listen. When Cain killed his brother, his, Abel's blood spoke vengeance. God said today, you are going to experience vengeance. Now God placed a curse on Cain. Guess what? Cain begged God to remove the curse. You know what God told him? God said, I can't remove it. You can read all this from Genesis chapter 4, from verse 7 all the way down. You see all this in detail. God said, I can't remove the curse. Listen, brothers and sisters. When Jesus died, whatever his blood spoke, God says from today, it cannot be reversed anymore. Abel's blood was crying vengeance. Jesus' blood was crying grace. It was crying favor. It was crying blessing. It was crying forgiveness, healing, redemption. The moment his blood was shed, the judgment was immediate. The moment Jesus' blood was shed, the forgiveness was immediate. Can you say amen? Brothers and sisters, God is not counting the world sin against them. A thousand times no. Somebody say, you know, God can't do it. All the wicked men and women say, it's not true. God is not holding any sin against any sinner. Because Christ has paid for the sins of the whole world. Can you say amen? That's what we preach. So when we go about, we tell them, Christ has died for your sin. He has died for your sin. Before you were born. He already died for it. Because God, listen, listen. Jesus is better than all the good men in the world put together. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. His blood did not come from man. His blood came from God. His blood, listen, your blood has no value. His blood has value. His blood is eternal. And what does that mean? It means that his blood is beyond the level of time and space. It doesn't, it doesn't function by calendar. That's why when we say that Jesus died for your sin, he died before you were born. He went to eternity. Time passed. Listen, he is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. That means when he died for your sin, he went before time and he went after time. And all in between, he died for sin once. Hallelujah, somebody. Somebody shout, Hallelujah! Listen, if you wash yourself, you will never be clean. 
Just imagine your two-year-old boy comes and says, Daddy, I want to bath myself. I just know that bathing is a waste of water and soap. I still have to redo the bathing again. Because no matter how you try to wash yourself, you will never be clean. But if he wash you, you will be clean for Say, I'm clean forever. <laughs> Say, I'm clean forever. Because he washed me. I'm washed in his blood. Listen, when he washes you, how can you ever feel unclean? How can you ever feel unholy? To feel unclean, to feel unholy is to insult his worship. Is to put a dishonor on Christ. The cause came unclean immediately when the blood was shed. But the moment Jesus' blood was shed, the Bible lets us know something. As powerful as the anointing of Jesus was, as powerful as his teachings were, as powerful as his miracles were, it could not tear the veil in the temple. The temple still kept man away from God. But the Bible says, when he cried, it is finished. Mara Kabbalah. The Bible says, at once, the temple, the veil in the temple tore at once. Woof! Split up, telling you and I that we can go to God without any priest. We can go to God directly into the very holy place and stand before him and shout hallelujah, hallelujah. Woo! Thank you for Jesus. Listen, when it comes to this gospel, Feeling has nothing to do with it. But I say, you know what? I don't feel clean. Has nothing to do with it. It has to do with faith in Christ. Remember, feeling is inward. It's inward. Faith is outward and upward. Feeling is inward and downward. So I refuse to walk by feeling. I walk by faith. In the name of the Lord Jesus. So I may not feel righteous, but I declare it in the name of Jesus Christ. I am righteous. I am clean. I am forgiven. I may not feel like it. I am strong. I am healthy.
tell somebody the blood of Jesus cleanses me from all sin. Tell your neighbor, stop disqualifying yourself. <laughs> listen, listen. What is sin? Sin is falling short of the mark. From the Greek word hamartia. Listen, what, what does that mean? God has a standard. God has a glory. When you are falling short of that glory, you are walking in sin. For instance, if you are failing in your business, if you are failing in your relationships, in your marriage, if you are failing in your life, you are walking in sin. Are you following what I'm telling you? If you are failing in your health, in your business, in your financial life, brothers and sisters, the blood, the blood cleanses me from all sin. It cleanses me from failure. Get me that over there. Sobre Hengrodila Haselamaya. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, it's time for us to take one leg. You know some people, they have one leg in New Covenant and one leg in Old Covenant. No. It's time to remove Old Covenant leg and put it inside the New. And stay inside. Sit yourself inside the New Covenant. It's one place. Listen, how do you know a true Christian? Hmm? One of the signs of knowing a true Christian is that you see them with smile on their face. Bible says that the anointing is the oil of gladness. It's, it's my family. Somebody that's not always glad, he doesn't yet know this gospel. Because when you begin to know this gospel, every day you just sit down. You just say, hey, hey, hey. So I say, what's making you glad? He said, you will not understand. But it's Jesus, it's Jesus. So I say, what do you mean it's Jesus? You will not understand. Because he has filled us with the anointing of gladness. He shows in our face. He shows the way we talk. Can you say amen? Say, I'm full of joy. Say, I have abundance of peace. Because Christ, Christ, Christ has given it to me. Hallelujah. Listen, tell your neighbor, stop being a thermometer. You know some people, let me explain. You know what a thermometer is? A thermometer just checks the temperature of your room. Are you following? It checks whether it's hot, whether it's low. But there's something called thermostat. Thermostat, they regulate the atmosphere. When the king steps into an atmosphere, everything changes. Be a thermostat, not a thermometer. Not that when you enter, the place is dull, until you enter dullness. Everywhere is sad, you enter sadness. No. Say, I'm a king. I'm a thermostat. When I enter into a place, I regulate the temperature of that place. If I enter, people are sad, I'll make them happy. Can you say amen, somebody? Say, I'm a king. Say, I'm a king. Don't allow anybody to rob you. Of your joy in your life. Don't allow anybody rob you of who you are in Christ. Ooh, stand to your feet this evening. Thank you, Lord. On Sunday, it's going to be hotter. Do you know what it is?